The following is a production of Phoenix Media. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. And now, this episode, The Baby from Krypton. Boys and girls, your attention please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Faster than an airplane, more powerful than a locomotive, impervious to bullets. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! And now, Superman, a being no larger than an ordinary man, but possessed of powers and abilities never before realized on Earth. Able to leap into the air an eighth of a mile at a single bound, hurdle a 20-story building with ease. Race a high-powered bullet to its target. Lift tremendous weights and rend solid steel in his bare hands as though it were paper. Superman, a strange visitor from a distant planet. Champion of the oppressed. Physical marvel extraordinary who has sworn to devote his existence on Earth to helping those in need. As our story begins, we ask you to come with us on a far journey. A journey that takes us millions of miles from the Earth where the planet Krypton burns like a green star in the endless heavens. Here, civilization is far advanced. It has brought forth a race of supermen, men and women like ourselves, but advanced to the absolute peak of human perfection. As we near Krypton, we see high walls and gleaming turrets. We approach the magnificent Temple of Wisdom, and there in a great hall, Jorel, Krypton's foremost man of science, is about to address a meeting of the planet's governing council. Attention! Attention, gentlemen! Jorel speaks. Members of the council, I have completed my solar calculations, and much as I dread uttering these words, I have come to the conclusion Krypton is doomed. Did I hear him right? Gentlemen! Gentlemen! Gentlemen, hear him out. These internal quakes we've been experiencing, these volcanic eruptions, tidal waves, gas escaping from giant craters, all point to only one thing, gentlemen. Krypton is utterly and finally doomed. By the man's man. One moment, gentlemen. One moment. There is no cause for anxiety. I am certain Joel has made a mistake. True, we have had a few minor quakes and eruptions, but nothing very serious. There must be some error in your calculations, Jorah. No, no, there is no error, Ozan. I only wish there were. 
The sun is gradually drawing Krypton closer to it. Within a month, possibly only a week, the gravitational pull will be so tremendous that Krypton will not be able to weather the strain. And then, then our planet will explode like a giant bubble, destroying every living thing on it. Gentlemen, <laughs> assuming for the moment, Jor-El, that what you say is true, how are we to avoid it? What can we do to stop it? There is only one way. As you all know, I have been working on a spaceship designed for interplanetary travel. With time and united effort, we might transport the entire population of Krypton to another world. Impossible. Where would we go? To the Earth. My studies tell me the atmosphere of the Earth is very nearly the same as our own. You have been working too hard, Jonathan. You need a rest. Believe me, we have the utmost respect for your knowledge and integrity. But this is carrying it too far. Planets as large as Krypton do not explode, Jonathan. Wait! Do you hear that, gentlemen? It's the forewarning of doom. Every moment is precious now. Things like that are sounding the death knell of Krypton. It will happen, gentlemen, and happen soon. When the last great eruption comes... When it comes, Jor-El, it shall find all of us ready. If Krypton is to die, we shall die with it. The parting would be much too severe. Very well. Glad you like, Roseanne. And you, members of the council, I have no time to laugh. My wife, Lara, and my infant son are dear to me. It is not my wish to stand by and see them destroyed. Laugh, all of you. But a time will come, and that time is perhaps very close at hand, when you will wish you had heeded the words of Jorel. Now you think me a fool. But remember what I have said, gentlemen. When Krypton is shattered into a thousand million stars, when the glorious civilization we have built is no more, when you and your families are swept from the face of Krypton like dust! <laughs> order, gentlemen! Order! You have heard Jor-El speak. Is it your wish that we devote time and money to the building of spaceships or the transportation of Krypton's population to another planet? No! no, no, no. I'm sorry, Jorel. The council has spoken. Yes, and signed the death warrants of every living thing on Krypton. Well, I've done my best to convince you. Now all that remains for me is to proceed with my own means of salvation, my own spaceship, to save the lives of those near and dear to me. As for the rest of you, may the gods have mercy on your souls. Ah, Lara, I can see you. I came out to take the air on a terrace. It's been terribly hot all day. Is that because we're being drawn to the sun, Jarrell? Yes. What did the council have to say about that? I... I didn't mention it. Is the model of your spaceship almost finished? Yes, yes, I just drove the last rivet. How does it look? Splendid. But will it work? Ah, that remains to be seen. If it does work, I shall immediately begin construction of another just like it, only much larger. One big enough to carry all three of us to another world. Jarrell, when will that be? Every moment that we spend waiting and wondering... Yes, I know, I know, Lara. It's been hard on all of us, and particularly hard on you. How is the boy? Sleeping, Jarrell. 
That wake this afternoon frightened him, but he's all right now. Can't you come in and look at him? You scarcely see him these days, what with working all hours on the spaceship model. It can't be helped, dear. I'm racing against time. Right now, I'm anxious to know whether the model will behave as I hope. How does it operate? Very simply. When all is ready, I throw this switch. That closes the circuit, and electric energy builds up pressure in the atomic generators. Then, at the final moment, the pressure forces the ship from its carrier and speeds it on its way. But where does it go? Wherever it's pointed. This one I'm directing to the planet Earth. Earth? What is that, Jerome? A planet smaller than our own, situated on the other side of the sun. It's inhabited by a race of people similar to ourselves. Like ourselves? Well, only partly, of course, my dear. They're about the same size, but nowhere nearly as developed. Very weak and helpless, and, and with all their faculties extremely limited. How do you mean? But it's something like this. You know how far you step when you want to go somewhere? Practically as far as I want. Why, one step takes me to Brata's house near the fountain. Exactly. Well, down where I'm sending this spaceship, it's quite different. An Earthman steps only three feet at a time at most. And everything else is in proportion. And that's where we're going? Oh, how dreadful. My dear, which would you rather do? Go to Earth and live, or stay on Krypton and die? I'll do anything you say, Jarell, anything. It doesn't matter to me whether we live or die as long as we're together. It's only the boy I worry about. Yes, I know. Oh, Lara, darling, don't worry. He'll be saved. When are you testing the spaceship model? In the morning. Just as dawn breaks, I'll send it on its way, watching its flight through a high-powered telescope to see whether it lands safely on Earth. Is Earth the only planet place we can go to, Jarell? We couldn't breathe on any other planet but the Earth. It happens to have an atmosphere similar to Krypton's. I suppose you know best, Jarell. Are you coming in? It, it seems to have gotten oppressively hot. Yes, it, it has, I wonder. Lara, do you hear that? Yes, Jarell. What is it? Subterranean explosions. Do you feel the ground trembling? Yes, I do. Jarell, do you think? Lara. Lara, I'm afraid it's come. Where is the boy, Kalel? What do you mean? Get him quickly. This is the end. Jarell, what can we do? Nothing, nothing. I'm not ready. Oh, what a fool I've been to delay. It isn't your fault, Jarell. You did all you could. If only this model were large enough, we could take a chance. Jarell, would it carry one of us safely to Earth? Oh, I think so. Lara, where are you going? Stay here with me. I'm getting Kalel. If one of us can be saved, Jarell, it should be the boy. No, no, Lara, come back. If one must go, it should be you. Lara, I said come back. Come back. Here he is, Jarell. Still asleep. Goodbye, Kalel. Please, Lara. No, Jarell, listen to me. We both stay here. Kalel goes in the spaceship. If there is a chance, Jarell, one little chance I wanted for my son. Maybe you're right, Lara. Jarell, look. The sky. It's fiery red. The mountains. Look, the mountains are falling in. Jarell, what's happening? The end of Krypton, Lara. Just as I foretold. This is the last great quake. Jarell. Listen, explosions. Here, quick, quick, give me the boy. Kellel. Kellel. What are you doing, Jarell? Opening the door, putting him inside. Jarell, the house is swaying. It's breaking apart. Look, Jarell. There, there, he's safe inside. Now for the switch. Stand back, Lara. Oh, Jarell, will he reach the earth? Only the gods know. But there's a chance, the only chance. Stand back now, Lara. I'm going to throw the switch. Jarell. It's getting dark. I can't see. What happened? Fire. Smoke from the center of the planet. 
Not much time now. Hold me, Jarrell. Has the spaceship gone? No, no, not yet. Waiting for pressure. We may have been too late. If it doesn't work up soon, wait. Lara, it's off. It's on its way. Jarrell, where are you? Here, here beside you, Lara. Listen, can you hear me? Our boy, Kalel. Our son, Lara. He's on his way. On his way to Earth. Kalel! So the tiny rocket ship roars into the uncharted heavens as the mighty planet of Krypton explodes into millions of glowing fragments, glittering stars to remain forever in the night sky. Jorel and Lara, devoted parents of the tiny boy, perish in the giant quake that destroys Krypton. But what of the rocket ship? Does it reach the Earth? Does it find its mark in all the far-flung darkness of space? Remember, don't miss the next installment of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, but with exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Clark Kent, reporter. We have seen how the child of Jor-El and Lara was placed in the rocket ship and sent on his way to Earth. During the long journey of the rocket ship to the Earth, the child has become a man. The rocket landed in a desert. Superman stepped forth full-grown to explore this strange new world in which he found himself. Today, as our story continues, we find him hovering with his curious power above a quiet highway in Indiana. A trolley car is just pulling up the hill, and as Superman wheels and turns in curious flight, unseen below, a man and a boy come out of the shed that serves as waiting room. Morning, Professor. Good morning. Going into town. Yes, that's right, John. Taking Jimmy to the fair. That is a great show, all right. Well, I reckon you're my only passengers. Uh, make yourselves at home. I'm going to get me a drink of water. All right. Why, Dad, we've got the trolley all to ourselves. Yeah, regular private car. Where'd the motorman go? And just over to the spring for a drink. It's a mighty hot day. You'd better hurry or we'll be late. <laughs> we can't start without the motorman. But we are starting. Look, Dad. The doors have closed. 
We're moving. Yes, what happened? Dad, I want to get out. The brakes. Something happened to the brakes. Let's get out, quick. Open the doors. They're jammed. They're tight shut. Dad, we're going faster and faster. We're going downhill. Dad, what are we going to do? Jimmy, come here. The window. Out the window, Dad. Get it open. Smash it. Oh, wait, wait. Jump, Dad. Jump. No, no, no. It's too late. Going too fast. We've got to, Dad. Look, there ahead, there's a tree. Jimmy. A tree. A tree falling right in the tracks. Look. Look. There in the sky. It's a man. Why, he's flying. It can't be. It's not possible. Dad, he's coming straight at us. He's moving down. He's carrying on the roof. Dad. Wait. Grab hold of me. No, put me down. Let me go. Stop it. One under each arm. Out through the top. Hold on. We're going to crash. Well, we just got out of that in time. Trolley car's a wreck. Smashed into a million pieces. Where are you going? What are you doing to us? Uh, what's happening? Put us down. Don't be frightened. You're all right. I had to get you out of there in a hurry. Pulling off that roof was the only way. Now we're going down again. Down. Down. There you are. Safe and sound in the field. Well, I, I don't know what to say. Quite all right, Professor. Getting you and the boy out of that car was nothing. I can't believe it. Who are you, anyway? Where do you come from? I have no name. I come from a world that no longer exists. Here in this world of yours, men would call me a superman. It's a dream. A wild, impossible dream. But, Dad, it happened. We saw it. He flew down, took us under his arms. And out of the car, that's all. Nothing so strange about that. And you saved our lives, Jimmy's and mine. I don't understand even now, but I'm grateful. Are you, Professor? Well, do you doubt it? Would you do something to prove it? Would we? Anything at all. Then make me a promise. Promise that you'll say nothing at all about what's happened. What? Don't you want people to know? Not just yet. I want no one to know. Except those I help. Will you promise? If you wish. I do. Believe me. Then you have our word. Is that all? No. You've given me your promise. Now I want your advice. You want advice from us? You know this world. I'm a stranger. You know the people in it. And I have still to find them out. You want to meet men, is that it? Not meet them, Professor. Observe them. Study them. See them at their best and their worst. Know which to help and when help is needed. If you can tell me that... Dad, can we help him? Well, I think so, Jimmy. If that's what he wants. It would mean a great deal to me. Well, my friend, if we can call you that... I hope we can. My first friends on this earth. To mingle with people, to see men at the highest and the lowest, if that's what you want. Now, let me think. How about a newspaper, a great metropolitan daily? A newspaper? Yes, join their staff. Be a reporter. Oh, but you can't do it in those clothes. Not that blue costume with the cloak and shield on your breast. Gee, you couldn't. Jimmy, these are the cloak and the shield of Superman. If I become as other men, I shall dress as other men. Well, you'll have to assume some kind of a name. Uh, what do they call you? I have no name. Well, how about Clark Kent? That sounds all right. Yes, why not? It's usual enough. Won't attract attention. Clark Kent. Clark Kent. Yes. And about joining a newspaper. That should give me an opportunity to learn the troubles of men, to know whom to help and when help is needed. I'll do it. Many thanks to both of you for your advice. Well, no thanks are necessary. If there were only something more... Just this. Remember your promise. Never to reveal my identity. And now, goodbye. I've stayed too long, and I'm off. Goodbye. 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 They're right. 
Superman must become a reporter. A reporter by the name of Clark Kent. Clark Kent. I'll do it. City room. Wait. Listen, Chief. You better get somebody in that railroad story right away. Anything break? Looks bad. I don't know where your dope came from, but it sure was right. Well, where are you now? At the yards out of town. If I were you, I'd have somebody watch the man they call the wolf. The wolf? That's what I do, Chief. Watch him. Trail him. Follow him every minute. He's at the bottom of this as sure as you're born. Oh, hey, I gotta meet if someone's coming. Oh. Excuse me, Mr. White. That young man's still waiting. What young man? Oh, the one who wants a job? Well, let him wait. Who have we got that's free? McCann's on the coast. Grayson's down in Virginia. Most of the day men are full up. I knew it. Confound it's always the way. Something breaks and nobody to handle it. What is it, Mr. White? Railroads. Sabotage. I didn't believe it, but there may be something in it after all. If there is... Yes, sir? If there is, Miss Smith, it'll be the biggest story since Lindbergh. And me short-handed. Oh, what's the use? Yes, sir. Uh, about that man. Oh, send him in. Send him in. Yes, sir. Come in, Mr. Kent. Mr. White will see you now. Thanks. You want to see me? Close that door. Yes, sir. My name is Kent. Clark Kent. What can I do for you, Mr. Kent? Well, Mr. White, you can give me work, I hope. Work? On the paper? Yes, sir. I'd like to be a reporter. Oh, you'd like to be a reporter. What papers have you worked on? Well, none, sir, but... Oh, you haven't. But you think you'd be a whiz. (laughs) Well, I'm afraid I can't use you, Kent. You mean you haven't any openings? Not for greenhorns. I'm sorry if I'm blunt. But, Mr. White, even if I am a greenhorn, suppose I brought you a good story. And where would you get it? I'm afraid you'll have to excuse me, Mr. Kent. A really good story? Such as? Such as the complete inside of the man called the wolf on the Western Railroads? Uh, What's that? You heard me. Do you want that story? Do I want it? Well, I should say I do. Look here. I think I could get it for you, Mr. White. What do you know about the wolf? A little bit. Where did you ever hear his name? Connection with railroads, Mr. White. Oh, stop beating around the bush. I only heard the beginning of that myself yesterday morning. Not a paper in the country has carried a line, and yet... And yet I come in here and talk about it. I think I could do something with it, Mr. White. Now, look here, Kent. Mysterious secret messages have threatened to tie up every railroad in the country, beginning with the Western. For a while, the road paid no attention, and then the crack flyer on the P&R went off a bridge. Yes, I read about that. Yeah, naturally. But you didn't read about the warnings because they weren't printed. Weren't printed? No, and they won't be. Not until we've checked all the angles. And then this man, the wolf... Oh, yes, yes, the wolf. Now, where do you come in? How did you get to know the wolf? Excuse me. Say your own white. My friend, tomorrow night, the Silver Clipper leaves Denver for the West. It will not arrive in Salt Lake City. Hey, what's that? Who's this? I have been called the wolf. Goodbye. Hey, come back here. Come back here. Wait, wait. Yes, Mr. White? Where did that call come from? I'm sorry, sir. The party's been disconnected. Ah, nuts. I beg your pardon, sir, but if that call did come from the wolf, I should be inclined to believe it. Huh? How do you know who that was? If I were you, I'd warn the officials in charge of the Silver Clipper. Uh, look here. You couldn't hear that phone. What is this? How do you know who called me? As I was saying, Mr. White, suppose I brought you a good story. The story of the Silver Clipper and the wolf. I take chances, Kent. I'm going to take a chance on you. Thank you, Mr. White. It's 2,000 miles. You'll have to hop a plane. I'll get there, Mr. White, in spite of the weather. Lord, I, I hadn't noticed the weather. Well, get to the airport anyway. You ready, right, Mr. White? Miss Smith, this is Clark Kent. Temporarily attached to our staff. You'll note I said temporarily. Yes, sir. Kent leaves for the west for the first plane. Get him tickets and a $200 advance. Mr. White, all planes are grounded. Well, that's all right, sir. I'll get there. Uh, take him outside. Show him what he needs to know. Mr. White, I'd like to thank you. Oh, let it go, Kent. Let it go. You get the story and you get a job. 
You're either clairvoyant or the luckiest guesser alive. Either way, I can use you. But if you miss out, well... This way, Mr. Kent. Thank you, Miss Smith. Nice of you to show me around. Pretty lucky, I'll say. A hundred good newspaper men walking the streets and you step right into a job. I say, I am lucky. You wait in here. The anteroom of the cashier's office. Well, I really don't need an advance. Oh, I... playboy in disguise, eh? Wait here. Oh, what a rotten night. Don't fall out that window. It's 20 stories down. Beautiful view, even in the fog. You wait right here till I get your money. Then I'll introduce you to a few real newspaper men. Plane's grounded. 2,000 miles to go. Sorry, Miss Smith. I'm afraid I can't wait. Clark Kent may need a plane, but Superman doesn't. Up with the window. And out. Get out. If I didn't keep you waiting to... What? Miss Smith. Miss Smith. What's wrong? That man. Did he go out, that Clark Kent? Nobody went through the city room. No. He didn't go out. Well, I left him right here, the, the window. Oh, the open window. He went through it, and it's 20 stories down. How do you know the window? Out the open window, 20 stories above the ground. In the wink of an eye, Clark Kent, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, becomes Superman, eagle of the sky, winging his way west over city and plain, river and mountain, through the storm-swept night. But will he be in time? Can he checkmate the strange figure called the wolf, discover the plot, Save the Silver Clipper, roaring toward Denver at 90 miles an hour. And remember, don't miss the next installment of Superman. Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Kino's Landslide. Given a chance to make good by Perry White, city editor of the Daily Planet, young Clark Kent, who was really Superman, leaped out a window 20 stories above the ground and vanished in a swirl of fog. Secret warnings had come to the newspaper of a vague and sinister plot against the railroads of the West. And mild-mannered Clark Kent had received orders to go west at once and investigate. Already danger is forming in the path of the Silver Clipper, cracked train of the West Coast Railroad, roaring over the prairie on her way to Denver and Salt Lake. All planes were grounded by fog and sleet. But today, as our story continues, a strange figure hurtled through space. Red cape streaming in the whistling wind. Superman speeds to his assignment. 24 hours to go. The Silver Clipper leaves Denver tomorrow night on her way to Salt Lake City. And that man who calls himself the Wolf. Have to find out who he is, too. Said the train would never get there. We'll see, Wolf. We'll see. If you're up to something, look out. Because the other side has Superman. And as Superman wings his way westward, following the faint steel ribbon of the railway line below him, two men sit waiting in a tiny shack in the Colorado foothills. One of them is Keno Carter, gunman, gambler, bad man of the Southwest. Keno waits nervously, waits for some word from the figure across the table, the dark, shadowy figure who calls himself the Wolf. Hey, listen, boss. Will you please tell me what we're doing out here now? The Silver Clipper ain't doodle tomorrow. 
don't even leave Denver till tomorrow afternoon. Very true, Kino. But the Western Limited is due in exactly ten minutes. Well, what? Uh, what are you going to do with the Limited? I warned various people and newspapers that something would happen to the Silver Clipper tomorrow night, as it will. So far, they've chosen to ignore me. Very well. When they see what overtakes the Limited in slightly less than ten minutes, they will pay more attention to me when I call again. Now listen, boss. What is this game? What are you trying to do? Why ask me, Kino? Do I know any more than you? We're told to paralyze the railroads. That's all. But it's enough. We obey orders. Well, whose orders? Where did they come from? Yours come from me. And you know what happens, Kino, if you disregard them. Shall I tell you again? No, no, never mind. Very well. Come outside. Ah, not long to wait now. If the limited is on time, we should begin to hear her. I don't hear nothing. Ah, she is on time. Have you done what I told you? Yeah, I done it. But I don't see... You will see, Kino, very shortly indeed. Hey, what are you trying to do? Scare him to death? Listen to what I tell you. I'm listening. That train will be going over that trestle down there in another seven or eight minutes. So what? At the end of the trestle, as you can see, Kino, the track turns and runs along the cliff on the mountainside. Yeah, I see. The mountains to one side, very steep and abrupt, then the track, then the canyon, 300 feet deep. Hey, listen. You gonna throw him down the canyon? The whole ten cars? As I said before, all you have to do is obey orders. All right. What do I do? You wait till the train has crossed the trestle, then you fire the charge. Right away? Count ten, if you like. All right. And then what? Then events will take their natural course. After which you will come back and join me in the cabin. Hey, she's coming. I'm coming fast. Moving, my friend. Let her cross the trestle. Then count ten. Ah, good. Still following the railway. Ought to be getting fairly close to Denver. Looks like a long trestle up ahead. I'd get aboard that train if it weren't so slow. I'll drop down a bit and look it over. Might do it anyway. Ride in as Clark Kent. What's that man on the side of the mountain doing? Looks like he's got a charging battery for dynamite blasting. Something queer about that. Seems to be waiting. He's waiting for the train. Gonna blast it right off the tracks. This looks like some of your dirty work, Wolf. Well, here's where Superman takes a hand. I've got to stop that train. I'll get aboard and they'll stop to put me off because I have no ticket. But it's got to be fast. Ninety miles an hour. Good speed for a train, but it can't leave Superman behind. There's the observation platform. What luck. Nobody on it. Now then... Grab the platform rail. There. Deep on board. Now. Now to join the passengers is Clark Kent. Cub reporter for the Daily Planet. Off for the cape. Into ordinary clothes. And inside. Tickets, please. All tickets. Tickets first to Pablo. All tickets, please. Tickets, please. May I have your ticket, please? Oh, I... I'm sorry, conductor, but... I have lost it. No, you've lost it. And I'm afraid that I'll have to ask you to pay the fare. Now, you know, I'm terribly sorry, but 
I seem to have lost my money. Uh, I thought so. You've been riding the blinds and thinking you'd sneak in here where it's warm. Well, we know how to deal with bums like you. Yes, that's right, Conductor. Stop the train and put me off. I don't mind. Huh? Say, who are you? Uh, Clark Kent, reporter for the Daily Planet. But that, that's all right. I, I, I ought to be more careful. Teach me a good lesson. Well, I guess I'll take a chance if you're really a reporter. You're liable to write up a story about getting kicked off our train. You can stay where you are. But look here. And I'll I... take care of you when we get to town. And if you're not a reporter... Oh, no good. I overplayed it. Wait, Scott, I've got to do something and quick, too. We're on the trestle. Where's that emergency cord? Hey, hey, what's going on here? Who, who pulled that cord? I, I did, Conductor. I, I'm terribly sorry. Sorry? Well, you better be sorry. Here, here, come back here. Come back I, here. I can't stay, Conductor. My conscience bothers me. I'll just jump off right where we are on the trestle. You here. come back here. Oh, I, I'll be all right. Don't, don't worry about me. Oh, I got gotcha. you. No, you can't get away this time. Now you stay right here. I want to get well, off. Well, you ain't getting off. You'll go to jail for this. You come back up them steps. Look, up the mountain, Conductor. That flash. Hey, wh- what the? What the? Why, what's going on up there? It was a blast. An explosion up the mountain. Great Scott, Conductor. Look, look what's coming. Oh, Lord, save us. It's a rock slide. Tons of rock coming down on the track. Listen to it. Back right ahead of us, too. Took the tracks out like two pieces of string. Oh, Lord. And now they're all coming out to find out what happened. It's all right. It's all right, ladies and gentlemen. No danger. Just a rock slide up ahead. That's all. There may be a slight delay. Delay? You don't think you can dig through that, do you? Now get back in the train, please. Get back. It's dangerous out here. Back on board, please. We may be held up a little while. Back on board, everybody, please. We'll be pulling out directly. Now then, Conductor, I I think you owe me a vote of thanks. No, you do, do you? Well, what makes you think that? Well, use your eyes, man. Where would you be now if I hadn't stopped the train? Huh? Well, now, there may be something in what you say. I'm not denying if we'd been going our regular speed, we'd have got that rock slide right about the third car. I'll say you would. You'd have been down in that canyon, too. And it's 300 feet deep. As a matter of fact, that's where you were intended to be. Oh, is it? Well, what makes you think so? Goodbye, Conductor. I'll see you later. Hey, you come back here. That's that guy, Joe, Mike. Don't let him get away from the dog. Where'd he go? Catch him. Catch him. Get a hold of him. Twenty tons of rock. Why, that's nothing. Hardly a workout. Anything to put a crimp in the wolf's plans. And Clark Kent, reporter, simply must be in Denver by morning. First of all, down into the canyon for the missing rails. There they are. Now, back to the roadbed. I never swept up a rock slide before, but there's nothing like trying. Here we go. <laughs> Why, it's nothing. I'll have the line clear before that conductor knows I've gone. The limited will be in Denver in an hour. Well, Kino, all done. What happened? No, nothing happened. Nothing happened. What do you mean? Well, one of them things, boss. The train stopped on the trestle. Stopped? That train never stops. Well, it stopped this time. And the guy got out, and I didn't know, so I shot the stuff. Yes, yes, I heard it. Well, didn't you come out to look? I thought I'd better stay hidden. Well, there was a rock slide, and that's all. The train wasn't scratched. The line's blocked, but the train ain't hurt. This man who got out, who was he? After the slide, I snuck down and joined the mob, see? I heard him talking about a newspaper guy and looking for him. The name of Clark Kent. Kent? 
I don't know him. Well, you better, because he knows us. What's that? I don't know. All I can tell you is they're looking for him. Clark Kent, a newspaper man, who knew enough to stop that train. Well, we shall look for him too, my friend. Uh, we'll have lots of time. They won't get the line clear this side of Sunday. We shall look for this Mr. Kent, and when we find him... Ah, the train. They've decided to go back to Pueblo. Let's look. Aquino. Aquino, that train. What? It's going west. Why, it can't be. Hey, what the... But it is. It's on its way to Denver. Why, it can't be. Why, there was 20 tons of rock on the line. Look for yourself, Kino. It's not possible. It's not human. But look. Well. Very well. We go to Denver, too, Kino, at once to find out what goes on and to take care of Mr. Kent, the newspaper man. Get the plane ready. Less than 24 hours to solve the plot and save the Silver Clipper. But now the wolf is hard on Clark Kent's trail. What happens in Denver when daylight comes, when Clark Kent breaks the story, and when the wolf meets Superman? Tune in and don't miss it. And remember, be with us again for the next thrilling installment of Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Kent Captured by the Wolf. When we last left Superman, he had arrived in Denver as Clark Kent, news reporter, to investigate a strange and deadly plot against the railroads of the West. He had been able to prevent the Continental Limited from being swept into a canyon by a rock slide. But now the unknown force is directed against the Silver Clipper, crack train of the West Coast Railway. Mysterious messages have warned the Clipper, due to leave Denver at sundown, will never arrive in Salt Lake City. Morning newspapers have carried Kent's story of the rock slide. And while railroad officials and government men search desperately for clues, Kent himself walks briskly toward the great central station for a conference with the division superintendent. Meanwhile, the plot moves on. In a secret hiding place overlooking the railroad yard, the man called the Wolf talks with his subordinate, Kino. Listen. So, very fine. At last, the unbelieving fools begin to take me seriously. You have read the stories, Kino? I read them. Well, why so sullen? Well, I don't understand it. I tell you, that track was blocked for a hundred feet, and yet five minutes later, the Continental went right on through. Next time, my friend, please to observe more accurately. Obviously, the track was not blocked for a hundred feet. It was not blocked at all. But I tell you, it was. You should join forces with the conductor of the train. He swears that a tremendous figure in blue tights and a red cape appeared from nowhere, replaced the missing rails, cleared away 20 tons of rock, and made a safe passage for the train, all in a matter of minutes. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, <clears throat> he is now confined in the city hospital, that conductor, for observation. Yeah. Well, uh, I tell you, I've seen the same thing myself. That will my friend. We have no time for pipe dreams. 
You were deceived by shadows. And now listen, there's work to do. I'm listening. I note that this story is signed by that newspaper man, Clark Kent, the one who was on the train. Well, I told you about him. I should like to be better informed. That fellow seems to know a great deal. How he knows, I have no idea. But he does. Also, I have checked up on him. He was assigned to cover the story back east and seems to have arrived out here incredibly soon. Must have flown. Undoubtedly. But that's neither here nor there. Do you know where he is now? I did what you told me. I trailed him. He left his hotel to go see the divisional superintendent of the railroad. Did he? How lucky. Lucky? We'll kill two birds with one stone. We've got them on the run. They're worried, Kino, and frightened. I hope you're right. They don't know which way to turn or what to believe. They'd like to keep the Silver Clipper in Denver tonight, but they don't dare. They don't dare, Kino. They can't admit they're terrified. And wait till they get my telegram. Telegram? Can you dress up like a messenger, Kino? Huh? Uniform and so on? Oh, sure. Excellent, excellent. You will put on your fake uniform and take this wire, also fake... To the superintendent. Now? At once. If you have luck, you'll find him with Mr. Clark Kent. You will also find, I think, that he is trying to locate a missing engine, Kino. Missing engine? Just so. If he finds it, I'll eat it. Huh? Uh, never mind. Get your uniform on, Kino. Deliver the telegram personally. And bring back as much of the conversation as you can. Do you understand? Now... Now, where's that conductor's story? Quite the funniest reading I've seen this week. A superman, huh? <laughs> Appearing out of the night. Well, well. Hello. Yes, this is Superintendent speaking. What? Well, trace it again. Trace it from both ends of the line. Ah, oh, nuts. Don't tell me you can't find it. Do you think a locomotive intender could manage into thin air? Check every station master and call me back. I'm sorry, Mr. Kent. Oh, that's that's quite all right. Stupid idiot. Look here, we sent a spare engine and tender down the line last night, and now they can't tell me where it is. What? On the main line? Certainly. Uh, never mind. Let's get back to this business, the Continental. Any more news of that conductor? No, not so far. Poor fellow's out of his mind. Hmm. What do you suppose he thought he saw? All that business about a superman. Yes, I only wish to heaven they'd never printed it. Well, I didn't report that, believe me. Oh, I know. And now look here, Kent. I've checked with your paper back east, and they tell me that it's all right, that you're here to do what you can. Now, what do you want to know? Well, first of all, have you any idea what's back of this trouble on the railroads? Not the slightest. If you ask me, there's a lunatic at large. Well, don't you believe it? Well, what else can I believe? It's too senseless, utterly mad. Well, you had warnings. Yes, which we ignored. And we get them all the time from cranks and nuts. But these warnings came true. And so what of it? Well, do you still think they came from cranks and nuts? All right, Kent. What do you think? I think that one man or a group of men is trying to paralyze the country with fear. Yes, but why? I'm afraid we'll find that out later. Unless we can stop them. Good Lord, we've got to stop them. This can't go on, Kent. Uh, we'll do what we can. What do you suggest? I suggest that you don't let the Silver Clipper leave Denver tonight. Oh, Kent, she's got to leave. Can you imagine what the reaction would be if she didn't? You're taking a chance. Yeah, I can't help that. She's got to go. Well, then we must work fast. We only have until this evening. 
I have one more idea. Yes, what is it? Well, if you read my story carefully, you'll see that I imply I know more than I printed. Yes, I did notice that. Well, do you? Not yet, but I expect to. How? The people back of this, particularly the man called the Wolf, will want to know just what I do know and where I got it. Well? I propose to show myself around until he catches up with me. Will he? I think so. I was shadowed this morning on my way here. Good Lord. You were? So I think he and his friends are just waiting their chance. And I'm going to give it to them. Oh, Kent, don't do it. Why, if they'd wreck a train where they wouldn't think twice about... (laughs) About putting me out of the way? Yes. Don't worry. But why? What's the idea? While they're finding out how much I know, I may be finding out one or two little items about them. Well, I only hope... Here. How long have you been standing there, messenger? Oh, I just come, boss. You the divisional superintendent? A telegram? Yes, sir. Uh, for you personally. They told me to bring it right in. I seen the door was open, yeah, so I, I woke. They found that engine. Well? That's all, messenger. Get out. Uh, yes, sir. No, wait. Hey, where'd you get this wire? Huh? Why, the, the office gave it to me. Said to bring it right over. All right, all right. Go on. Close the door behind you. Hey, Kent. Listen to this. Yes? Where an engine is now, a train will be tomorrow. The silver clipper will vanish like smoke, never to be seen by the eyes of living men. Well, well, sounds like black magic. I don't believe it. Why, they never dare. Oh, they dare, all right. Is that telegram signed? Uh, Yes. It's signed, The Wolf. The Wolf? Look here, Mr. Superintendent. That settles it. Have that wire checked. Find out who sent it and when and from where, if you can. My guess is you'll discover it's faked. I wish we'd held that messenger. Kent, what are you going to do? Just what I said I'd do. Put myself in the hands of the wolf and see who wins. Superintendent speaking. What? What? Why, look here, that's not possible. It can't be. Man alive, think what you're saying. Now, look here, you tell that rude report here in my office. That's right at once. My God, please, I bet I'll find out something. Anything new? Why, it's the silliest thing I ever heard. Wait. A telegram. Where an engine is now. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a minute. What is it? Kent, that locomotive intended. It passed through Kingston at 11.15. Yes? And it passed through Richville at 11.50. Well? It should have reached Lewisburg at 12.20, just 30 minutes later. And it didn't? It wasn't on time? On time? I had never got there at all. Oh, well, that's easy. It left the rail somewhere in between. Yes, you'd think so. But listen to this. A crew left Richville and a crew left Lewisburg. They met somewhere in between, just now, in broad daylight. And neither crew had seen a sign of that engine anywhere. That's not possible. No. No, it isn't, is it? Black magic. Isn't that what you called it, Kent? I think I'm going mad like that conductor. Well, what are you going to do? Do? I'm going out to hunt wolves. Anybody looking? No. Quick. Out of these clothes. Now, that window. Goodbye to Clark Kent temporarily. It's Superman's turn now to find out where those devils are hiding and to listen while they tell me what they know. Up, up, over the yards. Circle around a bit. Ha! There goes that messenger. Watch him, watch him. I land on that roof. Look down into the street. There he goes. The messenger. Into that house with the broken railing. Now then, I think I'll become Clark Kent again. Respectable representative of the Daily Planet. 
I'll just walk casually down that street and see what happens. Down we go. So, he thinks he'll find out one or two little items about us, huh, Kino? Yeah, that's what he said before they saw me standing there. I think I should like to question that young man on various angles of the so interesting story he wrote for this morning's paper. What are you doing by the window? Hey, hey, down there, down there in the street, look. Huh? What is it? It's him, walking right up to the house. What? That? Is that Clark Kent? How did he know where to find me? Who told him? I don't know. Hey, don't look at me like How that. How did he know which way to take to get here? He searched me, boss. He knows too much. How does he know? Quick, Kino, downstairs. Hey, boss, what are you going to do with him? There's a vault below us, Kino. Steel-lined and soundproof with various devices to bring out information. You're going to take him there? For a time, for a little conversation, my friend. Stop, stop. Look to the people. Is he coming? Yeah, right this way. Hey, wait a minute. Is anyone else in the alley? No, it's empty. Here he comes. We'll jump out and grab him, huh? All right, be ready with your blackjack. Now. Hey, where are you going? Quick, quick, you know, let him have it. Here, what's hey, the big idea? Hey, what the... Come on, jump, boss. Inside, inside with him, quick. Come on, you, no hanging back. Ah, ah, good work, Kino. Good work. Down the iron stairway, quick, quick. Someone may have heard us. He's trying to hang back. I'll fix him. There we are. Shove him inside. Now, close the door. Now then, Mr. Clark Kent, the time has come for a little talk. Kino, my friend, you may prepare the... Aids to conversation. Clark Kent in the power of the wolf. Or is the wolf, all unknowing, in the power of Superman? And meanwhile, where is the missing engine? Excitement, thrills, suspense. Tune in and follow the story. And remember, be with us again for the next thrilling installment of Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. And now, this episode, Locomotive Crew Feed. Presenting Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. 
Now, Superman. Just a few hours to go before the crack train of the West Coast Railroad, the Silver Clipper, leaves Denver for Salt Lake City, where the mysterious power through its agent, the Wolf, has sworn she will never arrive. And Superman, in his character of Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet, Superman was last seen being dragged down a flight of steel stairs and thrown into the soundproof room of the Wolf's hideout near the railroad yard. It is late afternoon, verging towards sundown in the world above. And still the gangster Kino works on the unresisting form of Kent, bound and shackled to the wall before him. Hey, listen, you. I'm getting tired of this. How about talking? I've already told you. There's nothing I care to talk about. Wise guy, hey? Okay, we'll see how long you last at this. Open the door, Kino. Okay, here comes the boss. Wait till you see what happens now. Well, Kino, what luck? No luck at all so far. He ain't doing much talking. He's tough, boys. Still, I was just going to... Let it go, Kino. There's no more time. I did want to know where he got his information, but it won't matter. That's what you think, Wolf. That's what I know, my young friend. What do you mean? Ah, you'd like me to talk, huh? Very well, I don't mind in the least. In a few hours' time, Mr. Clark Kent, the Silver Clipper will leave Denver for Salt Lake. You recall what happened to the locomotive and tender last night? Don't boast, Wolf. You didn't have anything to do with that. They'll find that engine. Possibly. But they haven't found it yet. And let me tell you this, Mr. Kent. They won't find the Silver Clipper either. Kino. Uh, yeah, boss. We're leaving at once. Uh, well, what about this guy? He'll stay where he is, permanently. What are you going to do, Wolf? Nothing whatever. We shall leave you just where you are, for all time. Or until someone comes down here and finds you, which may take a month or two. Kino, the persuader. <coughs> oh! <laughs> Out like a light. <laughs> and when he comes to... When he comes to, we'll be 20 miles on our way to San Joaquin. Hey, wait, boss. He's plenty tough. What if he breaks out? Breaks out? <laughs> Don't be silly, Kino. The walls are solid sheet steel, three inches thick. Then five inches of concrete. Then more steel. If he breaks out of that, <laughs> I'll put him in the circus. Okay. Reckon he's safe. Come, Kino. Goodbye, Mr. Clark Kent. You'll forgive me if I do not say I hope we meet again. But we will meet again, and very soon. And thanks for telling me where. On the road to San Joaquin, eh? Well, I'll give you a little while to get clear of town, and then I'll be seeing you, Wolf. <laughs> Handcuffs, eh? It's a good thing for you I wasn't feeling playful. All right, Kino. From now on, things will move. Jump in, boss. Take the lower road to the river, and then up toward the pass. Look, look, Kino. The sun's just going down over the railroad yards. Hey, boss. There she is, the silver clipper. Just in from Shy. She lay over a while and then hit the line for Saw Lake. And we'll be ready and waiting. Let's go. Twenty minutes. That ought to give me time enough to get out of earshot. What was that he said about sheet steel three inches thick? 
You're a liar, Wolf. Two and a half at the most. Look at those walls bend. Well, you might have kept Clark Kent in a vault like this, but not Superman. There goes the concrete. And still more steel. Well, I'll just put my foot through that. And that's that. Now, up the stairs. I won't go out in the street. Attract too much attention. Just up to the roof for an easy takeoff. Oh, what's this? A skylight. <laughs> and padlocked. Here goes. <sighs> out into the night in the fresh air. One jump and we're up. Up. And away. Now then. All I have to do is follow his car on the San Joaquin Road. Oh, yes. And a fellow called the Wolf is going to put Clark Kent in the circus. <laughs> Here I come, Wolf. Uh, uh, hey. hey, watch where you're going, will you, boys? Take it easy, Kino. In a moment, we'll be at the crossing of the San Joaquin River. Do you know where that runs? Sure, down through Schooner Canyon Lake to the dam at Wallkill. And do you know how Schooner Canyon got its name? Who cares? Oh, it's interesting, Kino. The canyon took its name from an old mining camp, now at the bottom of the lake. I still don't see it why... It was a roaring camp, Kino, until they built the dam and turned the canyon into a reservoir. It must have been tough to get to, down in a hole like that. They had a railroad, Kino. They broke a tunnel through the canyon wall. Laid the tracks through the tunnel and down the canyon wall to the camp. Yeah? Ah, now you're beginning to understand. Exactly, Kino. The camp is under a thousand feet of water. But the branch line tracks still lead to the water's edge. Through the tunnel, down the wall. Hey, now listen, you don't think that you Boy, can... Wait, what was that? I didn't hear nothing. It sounded like a rushing of wind. Or wings... High over our heads. Chicken hawk. At night? Well, I don't hear it now, whatever it was. Hey, uh, what about the canyon? Well, Kino, that's where that spare engine went last night. Into the lake? Right into it, Kino. It left the main line after my men had attended to the switch, shut down the grade, roared into the tunnel, and disappeared forever in the waters of Schooner Canyon Lake. Couldn't they stop? No time. And the rails of the branch line were thick with grease. Oh, you can't do it again. It's wholesale murder. What of it? Not losing your nerve, are you, Kino? Look, we're here. Hey, 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 you left the road. Naturally, naturally. We're on the back road above the old junction. Come along, Kino. Well, where are we going? Down the tunnel, just a few yards ahead. I'll show you what's going to happen. Uh, what's the matter? Hey, what's that guy doing over there? One of my workmen, I suppose. I have several. I don't see him. He dodged off again. Listen, now, I, I don't like this. Someone's sure to catch on. Who? Who? Don't be a fool, Kino. The only outsiders are the two members of the train crew on the engine. They jumped off last night just in time. What, the engineer? Well, where is he? He'll never jump again, nor will the fireman. Well, where are they? Up on the rocks above the tunnel, shackled down. Later, they'll be found lying dead beside the tracks. Sensation, Kino. Imagine the mystery and the terror. Train crew dead on the tracks. No sign of an accident. No sign of the train. Oh, there he is again. Look. Look. Be quiet, will you? What are you talking about? I've seen it. 
A long red cape. He was just flying. No, you're out of your head. The conductor. That's what the conductor saw. Clearing the line for the Continental. The conductor was seeing things, and so are you. You know, come along, come along. Here's the tunnel. I... I don't want to go in there. Oh, yes, you do, Kino. I want you to. It's not far. But I want you to see what happens to trains and to people. People? Uh, what do you mean? You're weak, Kino. You see things in the dark. You might be tempted to uh, forget who you're working for. Oh, no, no, never, never. Not, not be forced. Well, we'll just make sure of that. Keep going, Kino, till I tell you to stop. Devil, the cold and human devil. He's given himself away this time. I'll find those two trainmen. They're just the evidence we need. Where are they? Quick! Above the tunnel. Good thing I can see in the dark and through rocks. Ah, there they are, chained down to die. But they won't die. Not this time. They'll be the witnesses that hang you, Wolf. It's all right. It's all right. I won't hurt you. Gotta break those chains. Ah. Now, one under each arm. I'll find a ranch house and drop them at the door. They won't know what's happened. Think they crawled there. And then back to get the police. Up! Up! There, you know. We're at the end of the tunnel. Look down the canyon. Gee. It must be a thousand feet across. And would you like to know how deep? Three hundred feet down to water, and a thousand feet more after that. Yeah. The Lake of Schooner Canyon. Uh, what's the time? The flash of light. Seven fifteen. Seven fifteen. Kino, the Silver Clipper is twenty minutes out of Denver. Twenty minutes out of Denver, roaring up the Rockies to the crossing at San Joaquin. The crack streamliner of the West Coast Railroad rushes through the dark at 80 miles an hour, destined for a watery grave at the bottom of Schooner Canyon Lake. Meanwhile, a strange figure hurtles through space, back the way he came. But will he be in time? Can he drop the injured men, warn the authorities, and get back to save the train without revealing who he is? Thrills, suspense, climax... Tune in and follow the story of Superman. Be with us again for the next thrilling installment of Superman. Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Behold my process. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Get a Loot Crate video box! What's with kids today, huh? 
Wowzers! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are packs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, The Silver Clipper. Events on the main line of the West Coast Railroad are rapidly reaching a climax. Speeding west, the Silver Clipper pours up the slope of the Rockies heading for San Joaquin Pass. Disasters, sudden and unseen, lies waiting for it in Schooner Canyon Lake. While Superman wings his way through space, searching desperately for the nearest mountain town, he finds it, drops down from the sky, and enters the office of the local chief of police in his character of Huck Kent, reporter. Listen. Well, you talk good. I'll say that for you, Kent. Well, if you don't believe me, telephone my paper and ask for verification. Or call the division superintendent of the West Coast Railroad at Denver. The Silver Clipper's a West Coast train, isn't it? Well, it is now, but it won't be long. I tell you, if something isn't done in a hurry... Then it's... okay, but how are you going to prove it? Suppose I get up there to the San Joaquin and pull in a couple of guys. Well, how am I going to prove anything? Well, I'll, I'll attend to that. You know the Circle Y Ranch? Sure. What about it? A couple of injured train men crawled in there a while ago. They were on that missing locomotive and tender. They were, huh? Well, you don't mean it. I certainly do mean it. Hmm. If you get those two men I told you about, the one who calls himself the Wolf and his henchman Kino, the mystery is solved. Well, say, you begin to make sense, young fella. By God, I'll do it. What's your plan? Get a fast car and head for the crossing at San Joaquin. Yeah? You know the old Schooner Canyon Junction? Well, I reckon I can find it, even in the dark. All right, get up there and hide. If we don't catch them red-handed, it's no good. That's what I'm waiting for. Okay, Kent. Say, that is your name, ain't it? Hey, hey, where are you going? I want to call my paper back east. Tell them to hold the presses for a big break. I'll pay for the call. Operator. Operator. I, uh, I want Perry White, managing editor of the Daily Planet. Yes. Rush it, please. I'll hold the line. Hello, White speaking. Mr. White, this is Clark Kent. Kent? Good Lord, man. I thought you were dead. Where have you been all day? Tied up in a cellar, but I broke out. Listen, Mr. White, how long before you go to press? Now, wait a minute. Why, I'm going to press right now. Well, hold it, will you? But stop the press? It better be good, Kent. Oh, don't worry, it will be. The big break on the Western Railroad story. Kent, are you kidding? You know the warnings on the Silver Clipper? It's coming off tonight. Well, where are you now? In a police station in a little town on the main line. What's going to happen? I don't know, Mr. White, but I know this much. It won't be long. I've got to go now. Will, will you hold the presses? Okay, Kent. I can't wait. What's all this about a mysterious flying figure? Something called a Superman. Oh, forget it, Mr. White. Somebody's pipe dream, huh? There's been a lot of talk. Well, forget it. I, I'm in a position to know. So long, Mr. White. Good luck, Kent. I'll be waiting. Hey, stop the press. Replay coming. Top column on the Western Railroad. Get a rewrite back. Superman, eh? As you'd say, I am in a position to know. Huck, not much time with a wolf waiting there at the canyon. If I don't get back in time to fix that switch, 40 miles more, faster. 
Let's get out of this tunnel. I don't like it. Not too long to wait now. What's the time, Tino? Five minutes more. She's on time. She was on time at Creedville. Come on, boys. Let's beat it. A very sound idea, Kino. In five minutes or something less, this tunnel will be a most unhealthy place. What do you think will happen? Something resembling the end of the world, Kino. Screaming brakes, rending steel, billows of steam. Yes, decidedly we should move, my friend. Come. Where to? Down to the tracks where we can observe the switch. Close to the scene of action, but not too close. Listen, are you sure they can't stop in time? Downhill at 90 miles an hour? Impossible, Kino. What if she leaves the rails at the switch? What if she can't take the curve? A chance, but not likely. Come on, man, get moving. Hey, someone's coming. Hey, hey, boss, you better be getting out of that. She's whistling for the highway. Quick, Kino. Minutes count now. There's the train. Traveling fast, all right. Ah, there's the junction. Got a minute, maybe less. Now then, what have those devils done to the tracks? Ah, broken the seals and thrown the switch, eh? Well, it won't take long to fix that. And I'll just rip up a few of the old branch line rails. Just to be sure. There, that ought to settle things. Well, well, look who's coming. Hey, boss. Who's that guy down by the switch? Look, he's tearing up the track. Well, well, what are you doing? Where's your gun? Shoot, shoot. Don't worry, boss. I'll get him. I never missed yet. Got him, boss. No, no, you didn't. There he is. You missed him, you fool. Never mind, boss. I won't miss him this time. Hey, you. Kino, what's the matter with you? All right, then, rush him. The train. Here comes the train. Get that man away from there, Kino. Boss, beat it, beat it. It's him. I see him now. It's the man with the red cape. The train, the train. Run, Kino, run. Make for the car. Made it. Threw the switch just in time. Go on, Silver Clipper. I ball for Salt Lake City in the West. Now then, after those lads in the car. What did you do? Here I come. I tell you, it was him. The guy in the red cape, the, 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 the Superman. Shut up, Kino. Whoever it was, I'll settle with him. He threw the switch back and saved the train. Faster, boss, faster. Get away from here. Keep your head, Kino. There's something about this I don't understand. Boss, look out. He's right behind us. He's over our heads. Look, look. What, what is that thing? He's down there in the road ahead. He's standing there. Look out. We're going to crash. Sorry to disturb you, gentlemen. Don't try to get away. Who are you? Put me down. Let me go. Let me go. In one moment. Just now, while I hold both of you with one hand, I've got something else to do. That car, for instance. You won't need it again. Where you're going, have to make this accident look convincing. The car. Look what he's doing to the car, boss. He's wrecking it. There. No one will ever ride in that again. Hello. Here comes a car. Heard the crash. Must be the police. Well, so long, gentlemen. I'm leaving you now. And if you ever wreck another train or try to, think what you've missed this time. Goodbye. Here's where that crash was. 
There's a couple of guys lying on the road. Hey, grab them, boys. Why, I wouldn't wonder if they were the fellas that newspaper man was talking about. They tried to make a getaway and cracked up. Well, look where their car got to. Man alive looks like a cyclone, he did. Yes, doesn't it? Uh, or that, uh, that Superman they keep talking about. Well, Good evening, Chief. Say, there you are. Why, it's the reporter. Well, howdy, Mr. Kent. Well, I, uh, I see you got them all right. Yes, but there was no train wreck. I guess we scared them off. Keep huh? them off. Yes. Keep them off. Huh? We done it. Put me in jail. Put me anywhere. But don't let that guy touch me again. He just came flying through the air. Say, he's nuts. Off his head. But that was a confession, if I ever heard one. Yes. And if you'll drag the bottom of Schooner Canyon Lake, you'll find that missing engine and tender. What? And don't forget those two trainmen at the Circle Y Ranch. They'll be your star witnesses. Well, congratulations, Chief. You've caught the train wreckers, all right. And thanks to you, Mr. Kent. Well, hey, hey, where are you going? I've got to get back to town. My paper's waiting for the story. See you later, Chief. Well, well, Kent, come on in. Well, it's fine to see you back. You've certainly made good in a big way. Thanks, Mr. White. And to show you what I think of you, I'm going to start you right out on another assignment. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. That's the best news I could possibly hear. Well, wait till you do hear it, my boy. There are one or two things I want to ask you about first. Yes, sir. I know it sounds foolish, but all these rumors about the mysterious flying figure clad in a red cape and all that. Uh, you know anything about this uh, Superman? Do I know anything about this Superman? <laughs> Oh, Chief, what a silly question. All right, all right, let it go. Now, I want to talk to you about your next assignment. Uh, just pull up your chair. Yes, sir. Oh, confound it. I told him not to disturb me. Set your own. Why? You've caught the wolf, my friend, for all the good it will do you. The wolf has a master, and the master speaks to you now. Here, what the... Say, who is this? Uh, Kent, Kent, get over here. My compliments, Mr. Kent, on your first... And last performance. What's he mean? You and your newspaper have interfered with my plans. Very well, my friend. In exactly 24 hours at this time tomorrow, you and your newspaper will be blown to a thousand fragments. This is the yellow mask. Goodbye. Hey, hey, you! Wait, wait! Come back here! Who was that man? Find him! Find him and trace him! Find him! Whose was the eerie voice calling Editor White on the phone? Who or what is the yellow mask? And can Clark Kent, without revealing his identity as Superman, solve the mystery in the newspaper office? Terrible, deadly danger threatens the Daily Planet. Superman has 24 hours' time. Tune in and follow the story. Now, don't forget... Next time, the beginning of Superman's latest adventure. Tune in and don't miss it. Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. 
And now, this episode, The Atomic Beam Machine. When we last saw Superman in his disguise as young Clark Kent, reporter for the Daily Planet, he and his editor, Perry White, had just received a warning telephone message from a mysterious voice, which identified itself as the Yellow Mask. In exactly 24 hours, said the mask, the Daily Planet would be blown to a thousand fragments. Horror-stricken, Kent and his chief stared at each other in the humming office. Then pandemonium. Sirens wailed in the streets. Police searched the building for bombs. Today, as our story opens, we find ourselves far from the doomed offices of the Daily Planet. Dr. Sven Dahlgren shows an unexpected visitor about his laboratory, explaining its wonders, and also explaining his latest invention. Listen. Please, please do not touch that window frame. So? It is not clean, perhaps. It looks clean. Oh, yes, quite clean, but it is wired. It carries a powerful electric charge. Most interesting. Are you also experimenting in electricity, Dr. Dahlgren? You have come to see my latest discovery, have you not, Professor Schmidt? Indeed. And so have others. You are not the first. Others would not only like to see it, but gain possession of it. No, I cannot believe it. Oh, it's quite true, I assure you. For weeks past, ever since word got out of what I was doing, I've... I've been annoyed, even threatened. Threatened, Dr. Dahlgren? By whom? I don't know. Queer voices over the telephone, mysterious visitors in the dead of night. Yes, that is why I had the laboratory wired. But what do they want? They want my invention. They realize that whoever owns it controls a practically unlimited power. Unlimited power? Is that true? Certainly, Professor Schmidt. Unlimited power for destruction. Which is why I'm determined to keep the discovery a closely guarded secret. In the world today, my friend, there is destruction enough. Men are at one another's throats like dogs gone mad. No, I will never be a party to war and bloodshed. Ah, but come, I, I waste time. Into this room, Professor. Uh, don't brush against the metalwork. There it is, on the table, Professor. That is the machine. So small. My latest development. Small, light, compact, but deadly. Uh, now then, please stand exactly where you are. Watch closely what happens to that glass on the edge of the table. Watch. It's... it's amazing. The glass was shattered. Now, watch that small steel ball. Why, why it's gone. Vanished. Blown into atomic dust. Then it's true. I didn't believe, but it's true. Certainly it's true. Based on the power of atomic force. Everything in the universe has a certain vibration point, Professor Schmidt. My machine focuses a beam of vibrating infragamma rays wherever I choose to direct it. And then? Any object in the path of the beam begins to vibrate. At a certain point, depending on the object, atomic force is overcome, and the object simply disappears, explodes, if you like, into nothing. Doctor, you say any object? Any object whatsoever, at distances up to a mile. Unbelievable, my dear doctor. Let me be the first to congratulate you. Thank you, thank you. You have done me a great service, doctor. You have placed in my hands an instrument of destruction that will at last give me what I have been seeking. Absolute control of the world and every living thing in it. What? What do you mean? You have been horribly misled, Dr. Dahlgren. I am not Professor Schmidt of Hawthorne University. Mere men who work under me know me by quite another name. I am destined to become supreme ruler of the universe 
And with this deadly machine. Get out of my laboratory. Get out before I... You won't do anything, Doctor. Not if you value your life. This gun I hold in my hand is fully loaded. Take care. You're mad. Utterly mad. How far do you think you'll get with that machine? The police will... Beyond the reach of the police, I assure you. I have laid my plans with great care, Doctor. First, I shall destroy the building which houses one of your great newspapers, because a reporter on that paper foiled my plans in the West and succeeded in jailing two of my men. When that is done, I will go about the task of creating for myself the position I rightfully deserve. Emperor of the world. And now I must go. Put that machine down. Put it down, I tell you. Michael, stop him. <laughs> oh, no. No living thing can stop me now. Goodbye, Doctor. Don't let him get away. Michael. Doctor, what's happened? Oh, catch him, Michael. Catch him. Doctor, what's the matter? You're pale. He got away with the atomic beam, Michael. Do you know what this means? That lunatic, he has in his hands the power of life and death. He is a walking symbol of death. Where is Clark Kent? The minute he gets back, send him in. Here I am, Mr. White. Oh, Kent, Kent, where have you been? Down in the cellar helping the police. Turn up anything? Any sign of a bomb? Not a thing, Mr. White. We combed the building from top to bottom. Anything turn up here? Not so far. What's the time? It's four o'clock. If that fellow really meant business, we've only got about two hours to go. Call in your office, Mr. White. Oh, thanks, Lois. Oh, by the way, Kent, I don't think you know Miss Lane. Lois, this is Clark Kent. Oh, how do you do? Uh, you wait here till I get back, Kent. I won't be a minute. Well, the boy wonder, huh? Why, Miss Lane, what do you mean? They tell me you talked yourself into a job, went out west, and came back with the biggest story of the month. All in less than a week. Well, I, I guess I was pretty lucky. <laughs> I'll say you were lucky. Now you're the white-haired boy, eh? I'm afraid I don't quite understand. You got the old man hypnotized. He thinks you're Horace Greeley. I'm afraid I don't... Oh, don't act so dumb. All this nonsense about a time bomb in the cellar. What's the big idea? Hey, Miss Lane, I only wish I knew. You mean to tell me you didn't make it up out of your head? I certainly did not. I don't believe it. Well, now what's the matter? Listen. Don't you hear something? Oh, I hear the presses in the basement. No, no, outside. Pardon me a minute. Come to the window. Now. Don't you hear anything? What do you think you hear? A plane. There's a plane out there flying low. Well, I'll be... Now, look, Mr. Kent, this is a big town. You'll find quite a few planes flying around here all day and all night. If it bothers you, you better go back to the farm. No, no, really, I, I yes, mean it. Yes, really, I mean it, too. Tell the old man about your big discovery. Here he comes now. Well, well, anything new? Yes, you're a star reporter. Heard a plane. It was flying pretty low, Mr. White. Well, what of it? Oh, I got a job for you, Lois. Yeah, a good job? No. Go out and interview a scientist. Human interest stuff. Who is he and where? Dr. Sven Dahlgren. Got his own laboratory out on Haven Avenue. Look the number up in the book. Who is he, Mr. White? What's on his mind? Leading American investigator in the field of atomic energy. Must we check? Yeah, come on. Get going, Lois. Get going. This paper's always been tied in with science. We've been after Dahlgren for a long time, and now he comes to us. Why? Well, he said somebody stole a new machine he invented. I couldn't make much sense out of it, but he seemed pretty worried. Wanted me to rush a story into print. Well, what's the matter with the police? I suggested that, but he said he needed more than the police. Sounds cracked, but it may make a yarn. On your way, Garley. Oh, all right, if you say so, Mr. White. I'll get right out there. So long, Mr. Star Reporter. You come with me, Kent, into the office. I can't stand much more of this. I know, Mr. White. It's nerve-wracking, this yellow mask business. Uh, worse than that. 
I don't know whether to believe it or not. If we could only get a lead... Ordinarily, I wouldn't give it a second thought. Just another crank. But I don't know, Kent. I swear I don't know. What's the time now? Uh, Five after four. Don't keep thinking about the time, Mr. White. Confound it. What else can I think of? Two hours more and we may get blown to glory. What do you think? About the yellow mask? Can he do what he says? Let's hope he can't, Mr. White. Uh, But you're afraid he can. And the devil of it is, so am I. Now, if it hadn't been for that business out west... Well, maybe you ought to empty the building. No, no. You want us to be the laughing stock of the city? Suppose nothing happens. On the other hand, suppose something does. Well, they can't intimidate me. If the yellow mask means business, he'll find us right here at six o'clock. City room, White. Mr. White, this is Dr. Dahlgren. Yes, yes, Dr. Dahlgren. One of our best people is on the way to your laboratory right this minute. No, 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 that is not why I call. I wanted to tell you... Yes, yes? The man who stole my atomic beam machine mentioned the newspaper. He said... He said... Yes, what did he say? Something about destroying a newspaper. What's that again? Listen, doctor, doctor. Hello, hello. Hello, Dahlgren. Hello, hello. Yes, Mr. White. I was cut off. Get me Dr. Dahlgren at his laboratory, quick. Sorry, Mr. White. I'll call you. We were cut off. No, he was cut off. I'm sure of it. You heard all that? Mr. White, that scientist, what was he working on? I don't know. Some kind of a gadget to release atomic force. A machine? I imagine so. Why? Don't you see, Mr. White? There's our lead. The man who broke in and robbed him was the yellow mask. Kent, I think you're right. Dahlgren just said the burglar mentioned destroying a newspaper. Then I must be right. Now, look here. We've searched the building and haven't found a thing. No packages, no wires. If the Daily Planet is going to be blown up... It's got to be done outside. Maybe up above. That airplane. Airplane? It was flying too low for a transport. Mr. White, that plane was spying out the lay of the land. And at six o'clock with Dr. Dahlgren's machine, they'll come back again and... Hello, Dahlgren? I'm sorry, Mr. White. Dr. Dahlgren's telephone is out of order. Kent, do you hear that? Dahlgren's line is dead. Cut. That settles it, Chief. I'll be seeing you later. Kent, Kent, where are you going? After Miss Lane. Something's wrong at Dahlgren's. If it's the mask... Well, there's not much time to stop him. So long. Hey, kid, what's your hurry? Yeah, got another front page scoop, Ken? Oh, thank heaven. The locker room's empty. Quickly now. Out of these clothes. It's Superman's turn now. Oh, someone's coming. The window. Out. And up. Up. Not much time left. Got to find Miss Lane. Find out what's happened at Dahlgren's and stop the yellow mask. Higher we go. Higher and faster, faster, faster. Deadly peril hangs over the offices of the Daily Planet. Already the yellow mask is in possession of a mighty and terrible weapon. Time is growing short. But Superman is on the way. Powerful forms streaking through the night sky. Red cape whistling in the wind. Can he arrive in time? And what new unforeseen danger is already creeping in on the laboratory of Dr. Dahlgren, with Lois Lane about to enter, all unknowing? Tune in next time and follow the story. Remember, be with us again for the next startling transcribed installment of Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. And now, this episode, Fuel. We last saw Superman streaking through the evening sky toward the laboratory of Dr. Sven Dahlgren in an effort to foil the plans of the Yellow Mask. It is some time after four. On the stroke of six, the Daily Planet, its building, its presses, and its staff will be blown to fragments unless Superman can solve the plot in the short time that remains. As Superman wings his way over the dimly glowing city, Lois Lane, the Daily Planet's girl reporter, is already at Dr. Dahlgren's laboratory, interviewing the scientist on the loss of his newly invented atomic beam, which the yellow mask has stolen. But even as the scientist and the girl sit talking, hidden eyes are watching them, and unheard voices pass and repass on an unseen secret relay. Listen. Yes, this is the yellow mask. This is Michael, reporting from the laboratory. The girl has arrived and is talking with the doctor. We are ready. When the signal comes, close the sliding doors and leave the rest to me. Then join us at the airport. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. There won't be no mistake this time. That's good. I have sworn to blow up the newspaper as the clock strikes six. The yellow mask does not fail. And to my great relief, Miss Lane, after calling your newspaper, I discovered that this demented individual who had stolen my atomic beam machine had stolen nothing but a box of wires and rheostats, utterly useless to him. What do you mean? Well, the machine cannot operate unless it is loaded with atomic cylinders, small steel capsules containing the energy necessary to work the beam. I recall that I had placed only two of the cylinders in the machine to demonstrate it, and both were fired. But you have other cylinders, haven't you? Oh, yes, but they're well protected. Look in there. What do you see? Well, there seems to be a sort of inner room. And what is at the extreme end? Let me look. Why, it's a safe. A huge safe built into the wall. And in that safe are a dozen atomic cylinders and a duplicate of the stolen machine. You had two machines? Oh, yes, a new one and an old one. That madman stole the new one. But never mind. Keep looking, Miss Lane. What do you see now? What? Why, there are two doors rolling right out of the wall. Exactly. Massive steel doors, Miss Lane, which cut off every part of the laboratory. The pair that you're looking at cut off the strong room. Now they roll back again. What made them open? Ah, I did something. You didn't see what, eh? Good, that's part of the secret. Oh, Dr. Dahlgren, this will certainly make a story. Now, tell me about the machine, the atomic beam. Why do you think it was stolen? Miss Lane, if I were a man gone mad with lust for power, determined to dominate the entire world, I could ask for no greater weapon than the Dahlgren atomic beam. Good heavens, do you really mean that? I do. That is why my secret will never be published unless I am assured the atomic beam can be used to benefit humanity and not destroy it. Well, can you tell me how the machine works, Dr. Dahlgren? Why, yes. The Dahlgren atomic beam, Ms. Lane, is based on the almost limitless power of atomic energy. In the first place... Ought to be getting there now. Deserted part of town, all right. Oh, I think I see a car. That's it. Lois's car, parked at the curb. I'll drop down on the roof, slip downstairs, and enter Dahlgren's house as Clark Kent, reporter. 
Down. Down. Now then, down below. Wait a minute. What's that? Coming through the wall. Nobody else could hear it, but I can. It's a voice. A voice traveling on a radio relay. Yes, this is the yellow mask. What now? This is Michael, reporting from the laboratory. No change. We are almost ready. Remember, when I give the signal, close the doors. No more now. The yellow mask. Somewhere near here. And Michael. Who's Michael? And if I have any luck, I may find out from Dahlgren. Yes, uh, Dr. Dahlgren, I'm Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. Oh, yes, yes, come in, Mr. Kent. My man must be busy. Thanks. Uh, you were talking to Mr. White, my editor, and something happened to the line. We were cut off. So I came right down to find out what you wanted to say. It, it, it may be important. Oh, hi, Miss Lane. Well, Mr. Star Reporter, couldn't you find anything to do but come and horn in on my story? Well, I see your old friend. I'm sorry, Miss Lane. This came up just after you left. Dr. Dahlgren... The Daily Planet has received a very dangerous threat from an unknown source. A threat, Mr. Kent? What kind of a threat? An escaped lunatic, Doctor. Someone who threatens to blow up the entire works at six o'clock tonight. Doctor, the man who broke in here and made off with your invention, you told my editor he said something about destroying a newspaper. Do you remember what it was? I remember quite well, Mr. Kent. He had picked up the machine, my new model of the atomic beam, and as he held me under his gun, he said... First, I shall destroy the building which houses one of your great newspapers. Dr. Dawkins, did he mean the planet? Well, my dear Miss Lane, I haven't any idea which... Tell me, Doctor. Could he make good that threat against the newspaper? Mr. Kent, he could make good that threat against the world. And we have one hour or less to run him down. Well, I wouldn't worry, Mr. Kent. Not worry? Fortunately, as I have already explained to Miss Lane, and as I tried to tell your editor before we were cut off... The model which was stolen will not work. What? Dr. Dahlgren, what do you mean? Just this. By a lucky chance, the stolen machine was not loaded with the cylinders necessary to make it work. Well, well then, then you mean the newspaper's safe. It won't be blown up. Not by the Dahlgren atomic beam. Uh, wait, I will point out what I mean. Oh, just a second, Dr. Dahlgren. I'd like to ask you a question. Certainly, Mr. Kent. Is your name Michael? Or is there anyone in this house whose name is Michael? Why, yes. Why do you ask that? Don't you like the name Michael, Mr. Kent? Who is it, Doctor? Michael is the name of my servant. Why, Mr. Kent? Nothing. I I merely wondered. Uh, you were going to show us your invention, Dr. Dahlgren. Oh, yes, yes, to be sure. If you'll excuse me for a moment. No, 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 stay right where you are. I'll get it out of the safe and bring it here. Well, are your worries about being blown sky high quite late to rest, Mr. Kent? You thought the paper would be blown up tonight, didn't you? You know I did. And yet you take the first chance you get to run out like a rat and leave what? the rest of them there to face whatever happens. Or, oh, now, look here. Mr. White sent me out on this assignment. Now, I bet he didn't have to urge you much. Oh, don't think that about me, Lois, please. I can stand freshness and amazing luck and even boasting, but not cowardice, Mr. Kent. What are you doing? I'm telephoning the office. Hello, operator. Operator! Have you forgotten the phone's out of order? I thought they might have fixed it. They haven't. Well? That wire. It goes through a conduit into the next room, and it's slack. Loose. It comes away in my hand. Look! What? Lois, that wire was cut. Cut off clean by someone in this house. 
while Dr. Dahlgren was talking to Mr. White. By someone who didn't want Dahlgren to reveal any information. Well, don't stand there like that. What do you think it means? It means the thief knows that model won't work. He's found it out. Oh, where is Dr. Dahlgren? What's taking him so long? Oh, Kent, the doors! The doors! What doors? What are they doing? The doors, they lead to the rooms, and Dr. Dahlgren's inside. Oh, love it. Maybe he did it himself. Oh, Dr. Dr. Dahlgren! Are you all right? Dr. Dahlgren! What are you doing? Let go of me! Get away from that safe, Michael! Michael! Oh, Kent! Someone's in there with him! Something's wrong! Oh, Kent, do something! Don't just stand there. Well, I, 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 I can't. There's nothing I can do. Look out! Look out! An explosion inside that room. Dynamite or nitroglycerin. Lois, Lois, are you all right? I'm all right. Just stand. Now, Lois, run down and bring the police. Phone the paper, quick. Well, what are you going to do? I'll stay here. Maybe I can get in there. Go on, I'll run. I'll be back, Kent. Wait for me. I think it's time Superman took a hand. Clark Kent could never get through those steel doors. I had to get Lois out first, though. Now then. There they go. Almost through. They're springing out at the sides. I'll just grab hold of the edges and pull them out of the walls. Now. Doctor. Dr. Dahlgren. Unconscious. And when he comes to, he'll see Clark Kent. Oh, Kent, is that you? The safe. Look at the safe and, and the wall. They blew the safe and got out through a hole in the wall. Dr. Dahlgren, who was it? Could you see? I don't know. When I came in, they threw a cloth over my head. Kent, look. They came back. They found the machine wouldn't work. The cylinders were in the safe. Doctor! the safe. It's empty. Quite empty, gentlemen. The Dahlgren atomic beam will now be put to work. That voice. Who is it? Where is it coming from? It's a dictaphone outlet. Somewhere in the wall. I'll track it down. Save yourself the trouble, Mr. Kent. We are leaving immediately. It's half past five. You will remember what happens at six. The yellow mask does not break his word. Half an hour to go, 30 flying minutes, while mysterious planes drone high in the air over the office of the newspaper. Can Clark Kent or Superman find the yellow mask, recover the Dahlgren invention, save the Daily Planet? And meanwhile, what of Lois Lane? Tune in the next installment and follow the story. Remember, be with us again for the next thrilling transcribed installment of Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!